I spent the last four years learning more about self-improvement, productivity, and leadership skills that one needs in order to succeed in life. And here's the question. How can we maximize our productivity in this life and leave behind a great legacy? A legacy that not only we are proud of, but legacy that Allah is pleased with. That's the question. Join me and follow along as I learn from experts and share tips that help us to live productive and meaningful life and leave behind a legacy that we can all be proud of. My name is Adam and welcome to Productive Muslim Nation Podcast. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to another episode of Productive Muslim Nation podcast. I am very excited about this episode. I have here with me Brother Nu'man. Assalamu alaikum Brother Nu'man and welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Brother Adam. How are you doing today? I'm doing good alhamdulillah. For, for those of you who doesn't know Brother Nu'man, he is a fitness motivator and the founder of the Fit Muslim. Nu'man, please feel free to fill in the gaps and tell us more about yourself and what you do. Well, before we start, I have to say that I really find your intro music really catchy. So you have to send me that track later on. Thank you. I will definitely. Um, and before I answer your question, I have to give a very important disclaimer, uh, only because people keep uh, misunderstanding this. DFIT Muslim is not me. Uh, it is merely a name of a brand. And what I'm really trying to do with the name is to build a movement around the name. So I'll inshallah go into that a bit more in depth um, uh, later on. But uh, to give a brief introduction my, uh, about myself, my name is Norman. Currently, I live in Chicago. If you were to ask me where I'm from, it's a pretty convoluted question. I was born in India. I was brought up in Saudi Arabia. I immigrated to Canada about 13 years back, lived there 10 years, and then immigrated to the United States three years back. And here's where I am right now. I'm the life of a wife and two kids, a boy and a girl. My profession uh, is uh, an engineer in industrial automation. Yeah, I work a nine to five. No, no shame in that. And uh, this uh, idea about the fit Muslim and being a fitness motivator is pretty recent. It only came about um, late last year, so around this time last year. And um, I'll go into the history a bit, if that's okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, growing up all my life, um, I was a pretty obese individual. I wasn't active in team sports, never got selected in teams. And uh, health wasn't really a uh, priority for myself uh, as much as education is. Because for immigrant families, if you might know, academics is the number one priority. So that was always a priority for me growing up in health, uh, not even the second priority, unfortunately. Uh, it wasn't until I got married and I had kids uh, that I really started to think about what, you know, even though my kids are young, but I thought about, you know, growing up, what was my own experience with my father? You know, my father's an obese individual himself. He's still obese. And uh, even though he's, he's 58 now, but um, he... Uh, the, the health problems he faces are faced by people 10 years older than him. So that kind of taxing effect that his uh, obesity has had on his health, I didn't want to be in that same place. And I started thinking about, you know, how would my uh, children look at me when they, you know, start growing up and uh, start becoming, going into teenage years and whatnot. So that was one of the biggest motivating factors for me to start taking my health seriously. And, uh, and the Fit Muslim brand really came about as uh, me and my friend were discussing, you know, what should I rename? Initially, my personal Facebook page was just my name. 
But uh, as I started to have more and more impact on other people, I'll talk about it later. As I started having more impact on people and I thought about, you know, building a brand around this, we came up with the name The Fit Muslim. It was a domain name that was available. And I didn't know this before, but uh, Brother Martin from uh, Netherlands, he has his own um, page called Muslim.fit and he's mm-hmm. had it for a long time. So in retrospect, probably would I've gone with another name. In fact, if I was to ever pick another name, I'll actually pass this brand name on to Brother Martin. So Martin, if you're listening to this, bro, uh, you are the original owner of Muslim.fit and the Fit Muslim. So credit where credit is due. Yeah, thank you for that disclaimer and the backstory. So what's the vision of the Fit Muslim? The vision of the Fit Muslim, pretty simple. Uh, connecting Muslim men, specifically, aged you know, 25 to 40 or even 45, who are married or about to get married, uh, have, have, who have had kids already, they're busy in the rat race, they have their own nine to five or business, the health is taking a backseat from them. I, what, what I really want to do is I want to connect these individuals with health professionals, preferably other Muslims. So Muslim personal trainers, Muslim coaches, I want to bring an awareness around this issue of health in the Muslim communities, whether it's Arab, whether it's uh, Indo-Pak, whether it's uh, Somali, for example, uh, we all have different perceptions of health. And that really is the vision where I want every Muslim around the world to identify themselves as a fit Muslim. Like I said, I'm not the fit Muslim, right? I believe that uh, the Sahaba Akram are the true examples of uh, fitness because like i mentioned in another podcast interview that i did two weeks back uh, i heard for about the, uh, uh, this about them from uh, scholars that they used to walk ten thousand steps every day and that's approximately four miles four and a half miles and uh, even on my most uh, you know uh, active day i think i've only touched eight thousand steps maybe 8500 steps so imagine <laughs> doing that for every single day so, yes, so uh, that's really what it is. So, you know, uh, among the qualities of a Muslim, that a Muslim uh, is noble, a Muslim has integrity, a Muslim has character, I also want this quality of them being fit, being identified with them, you know, with all the negative perceptions that Muslims face around the world in this modern time. Uh, there's a big battle going on to, you know, on both sides, have uh, Muslims displayed in bad light as well as have Muslims displayed in good light, which is good. But the question then comes is, from a perspective of health, um, what is the general perception of Muslims? And it's very varied, uh, but you will know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with this, but there is no consensus that a Muslim, every Muslim is fit, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's kind of what I want uh, that is kind of my vision where I want every Muslim to identify themselves as a fit Muslim, work towards it, and eventually actually be a fit uh, Muslim so much so that if uh, a non-Muslim looks at a Muslim or thinks about a Muslim, fitness is one of the things that come to mind. As an example, a very simple example, uh, if you think about farmer communities, if you think about the Amish people, for example, they tend to be more healthier because their lives are more based around agriculture. They have this emphasis on hard work, right? So, uh, So I want something like that. Uh, to exist for uh, Muslim communities around the world as well, inshallah. MashaAllah, that's a great vision. May Allah bless it and put barakah in it. And reward you for all of you, what you do. I've been following you on Instagram. You're doing amazing work over there. Exactly. I want to follow up with the 10,000 step uh, that you mentioned. Came across interesting article that also stated that 10,000 steps is medicine for diabetes. I found that interesting. And I also found interesting that obviously when you go hatch and umrah and do tawaf, mm-hmm. someone calculated that 
tawaf that we do as Muslims is 10,000 steps. That's if you're walking on your feet, not using hoverboard. MashaAllah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that video went viral on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, mashallah. You mentioned also that you want to raise awareness of the fitness. And uh, I want to know what is the biggest misconception or false beliefs that Muslim men have about getting fit? Well, here's the thing. Uh, Muslims in general, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. We always keep looking for shortcuts, mm. whether it's... Uh, health, whether it's wealth, but uh, like with wealth, because you're uh, an aspiring entrepreneur yourself, I'm sure you'd agree that there's no shortcut to wealth. And likewise, there's no shortcut to good health. It is a complete lifestyle change. So uh, many things that I hear. And in fact, yesterday I was in a meeting with uh, a peer of mine. He's he's not Muslim, but uh, he's also a beast. And he has this arbitrary goal that, you know, he wants to go skydiving next year. And the weight limit on skydiving is 225 pounds. I think he's 260, 265 or something. I didn't ask him how much he weighs, but he's just set an arbitrary goal for himself that I want my biggest goal for 2019 is to lose 30 pounds. And I was like, okay, that's great. But first of all, do you really think you'll be able to lose that much amount of weight in six months? I don't think it's practical. He might be able to do it, but there's a higher probability of it coming back if he, if not done the right way. Mm-hmm. And he, also he wanted to do it without any exercise. I was like, um, <laughs> I mean, sure, you have to diet properly, but just saying that you won't exercise at all is not going to help. So uh, th- that's one of the biggest misconceptions is uh, that, you know, somehow good health has shortcuts. There are no shortcuts uh, Shortcuts with uh, good health. That's one misconception. Another misconception that I feel is that, or rather, you know, a mistake that we as Muslim men make is we don't take our health seriously until it's too late. And it's uh, not uncommon in uh, Muslim men amongst the West because of uh, the stress of uh, family life and, uh, you know, working life to start having health problems when they get into their 40s. So there's an interesting article that I uh, read uh, uh, released by a local uh, hospital group in uh, Chicagoland called the AvoCare Group. They said that one in, um, I'll have to find that article, but Mm. the basic gist of it was that one in five or one in four South Asians in America, so uh, one in four or one in five Desis, they suffer from heart problems. Uh, Either that or, uh, uh, you know, blood pressure or something like that. So point is like 25% of uh, the ethnic people from the subcontinent are facing these health problems because we take uh, the life of this dunya very seriously. You know, it's really the life of the akhirah that we have to take seriously. And in this dunya, we strive to be the best versions of ourselves. So, you know, just how as immigrants, we focus uh, all our time on uh, making sure that we provide our families with the best quality of life. Why can't we do the same for our own bodies? You know, our health is an amana from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, uh, as Rasulullah said uh, in a hadith, I, I, I can't remember the entire hadith, but he said, take care of five things before they're gone, right? One mm-hmm. of them is health. So right. taking care of your health before old age. So yeah, that's uh, just some things I feel that Muslim community uh, needs to get right. Yeah, there's no shortcuts. And being mindful of the fact that health is a manna from Allah. Absolutely. And, and when we get older, we need to do more ibadah. So get, being fit will help us to mm-hmm. worship Allah more. So that's a absolutely interesting fact to keep in mind. I mean, j- just one thing I want to tell on that front is, uh, I'm sure you uh, must have noticed this in your local masjid, but... Just take some time out, go to your local masjid, 
no matter where you live, go before uh, a few minutes before uh, the qama so that you're around uh, and try and just listen to the conversations that go on, go around in the masjid. And mm-hmm. more than likely, you'll find older people talking amongst themselves. They'll talk about many things, right? But I can almost guarantee you that one of the topics they'll talk about is, you know, how uh, they're not feeling good or they went to their doctors and their doctors prescribed them some medication or um, they know someone who passed away or, had, you know, or had surgery recently. So th- those are common topics that, uh, those folks will be talking about. Um, mm. And you don't listen to those kind of conversations uh, from younger people, right? So why wait until they're old, start thinking about those things? So yeah, it's just one of the things that I want Muslim men to recognize. And, and it, uh, I've been trying for the past year to get people from my masjid to come and join me in a boxing class or in the MMA gym that I go to, which is like walking distance from uh, masjid uh, where I pray. I, I used to live near that masjid. I don't live there anymore, but I work near there. So I go there for al-Buhar and uh, for Salat al-Jum'ah. So mm-hmm. I still know people there and I keep inviting them, but nobody's interested, man. But if I invite them out uh, to eat out, <laughs> I, I, I know I'll have uh, interested people. So yeah. yeah, they will like send me the address of their restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We kind of touch upon that there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts of achieving your goals. Would you like to share with us what is your biggest obstacles you face pursuing your dream? My biggest obstacle, I feel, is myself uh, because I'm a perfectionist. Mm. Sometimes um, when I'm like have when I have laser focus, uh, I tend to be obsessed about this. I even asked my wife this question yesterday, and she didn't think that was the case, but I definitely felt it where um, I'm so obsessed with fitness where I'm working out six days a week. Like even after this phone call, I'll go for a boxing class. And um, I'm doing that because I have the energy. But slowly when I keep doing that, I feel like I keep getting burned out. I was lifting weights yesterday and um, Mm -hmm. I tried tried to see if I could squat three plates. Uh, I know I can, but I wasn't able to yesterday. Uh, I tried to deadlift uh, 365 pounds, but I wasn't able to because I lacked the strength. And uh, one of the reasons behind that, I feel, is because I'm uh, not giving myself enough rest. A recovery is extremely important, right? So a- anyway, that's a separate topic. But the point is that I feel like the biggest obstacle is myself, where either I have two modes, right? Either I don't care, or if I care, I care too much. So yeah. it's about finding the balance. That's what I feel is the biggest obstacle. Alhamdulillah, you know, uh, my workouts haven't been affected, but what happens when I get injured, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But if I get injured where now I can't work out for eight weeks, what do I do, right? If I made my, uh, and this is a, a uh, I was listening to this, this YouTuber, he mentioned the same thing. He's a bodybuilder and he was saying that one of the biggest regrets I have is earlier in my life, I made this fitness an obsession so much so that when I got injured and I was out of commission for a couple of weeks, I didn't know what to do with myself, mm. right? So that's why what I'm trying to do more and more of is if I'm not working uh, and if I'm not working out, I make sure that I'm at home and spending 90% of my time or you know, as much time as possible with my kids because that is something that's never I'm never going to get again. So if I don't spend time with my kids today, um, I won't get that time back, right? And I know that's, that's something that I'll value till the day I die. So that's why uh, I actually drove two hours yesterday to go see a friend that I could have put off for another day because I realized that, you know, I don't really have a social life, right? Mm. Um, even after three years of being in Chicago, I only know one or two people that I hang out with once in a while. 
I, I still don't have a social life. So uh, that's some things, some of the things I feel that are my biggest obstacles. To keep the balance between the yes. work, family, exercising and everything. It's, it's not easy. It's not yeah. easy. And, and, I, and I think the fear of me losing balance to the extent where I stop working out completely, because it's a slippery slope, right? Mm. Where if I don't go today, I'll say, oh, I'll go tomorrow. Then I don't go tomorrow. I'll say, I'll go the day after. And then it keeps going and snowballing to the effect where now I'm talking, okay, I'll go maybe next month or the month after, or maybe next year. So yeah. I, I am so scared of that happening that I'm putting my body through this much stress, which mm. I feel isn't really good for me and I'm, I'm trying to come up with something that is more balanced but yeah that uh, that's what i feel is my biggest mm. obstacle mm. it can happen easily that you put yourself in a situation that you procrastinate them yeah or, or training or training is yeah. a real problem mm. do you have an accountability partner or team partner that, or coach that help you out with i have a i have trainers that yeah. i train with so i have a boxing coach that's where i'm going today then the mma gym that i go to Uh, I have my coach there who coaches me in kickboxing and jiu-jitsu. Uh, and then uh, the weight training place, uh, the powerlifting gym that I go to, lift weights. Uh, the owner is a pretty nice person. He gives me advice on my form and things like that. But uh, usually I work out alone, so that's not an issue. So I have these trainers. But apart from that, I don't have like a, you know, like how people have business coaches or life coaches. I don't have anything like that. Hmm. My biggest source of accountability, to be honest, is social media. Uh, yeah. And uh, I actually talked about this in the stories that I posted uh, last night. I said that, you know, I've been working out six days a week for the past two or three weeks, and I haven't been able to post on social media because I don't get time to record the videos during my MMA classes. So that that, that is really my biggest source of accountability, where I will start feeling guilty if I don't post anything every day. And mm. I, I was doing that before, but then I stopped. But now I have to start posting daily again, inshallah. Inshallah. Before we finish off, I would like to ask you, what is the best advice you ever received? I've received many advices, um, but the thing that I just touched upon uh, about balance, I feel is uh, the best advice. You know, I have to start finding other activities to do that uh, don't really require as much, uh, that are not really taxing on the body as much. Uh, start having a more social life, try to find the balance. Currently, I would say where I am right now, this stage of life that is the advice that best applies to me there's many other things i can say but health specific what i would say is this when i you know earlier this year uh, i was talking to a senior friend of mine he was a senior of mine at university and uh, he underwent a similar journey journey as mine a few years back uh, and he was actually one of my sources of inspiration and uh, he said that you know no man uh, the world hates fat people Now, people will not say this to you, and they might not even know it themselves, but it's subconscious. And, uh, you know, when you go for a job interview or, uh, you know, something along those lines, being in good health really has the benefit where you come across, where you come across more confident. And um, yeah, even Grant Cardone, uh, who I used to be a big fan of, he's a big sales author. He's written the book uh, 10X and uh, many other sales books. It's 10X is, by the way, one of my most favorite books uh, that I've ever read. He sometimes, uh, one time he mentioned that uh, if uh, he, he doesn't really trust an unhealthy person to be a good employee, uh, because for him, and I disagree with his perception, but uh, if he thinks like that, then I'm sure there's other people that think like that too. He would say that if a person is not serious about their health, which is the, the biggest asset that they have, 
how can I trust them with my business? How can I trust that they will be serious about the job that they're given? So that's the thing. So for anyone who's listening to this show and feels that, you know, uh, they're not in good health, uh, they've been obese for a couple of months or a couple of years, take that as one of the sources of, not that you should think about what people think about you, but I am telling you, being in good health has so many benefits that uh, even now I'm starting to realize, you know, people pay more attention to you, you're given more credibility. Uh, Just some of the benefits that I have experienced myself. So anyone who's listening to this, uh, if you're not in good health, please uh, start taking care of your health more seriously. Go find uh, personal trainers if you can afford them. If not, start moving around more, start uh, eating healthier, uh, leave out the crap foods from your diet. Uh, I mean, this is a topic that I can talk on and on and on Mm -hmm. about, but it's just I'm giving you a a few pearls uh, of wisdom that I've picked uh, myself along the way. Thank you for that good advice. Health is something that we should take it seriously. And we as Muslims, we need to invest on our health, whether it is a coach or personal trainer, to see that value on investing on something. You know, I I think the biggest issue Muslims face is they look at being healthy as a chore, you know, that I got to go to the gym again. And I think that's really, or, or, you know, oh, I got to eat a salad again. Yeah. So I think, the approach that we should take, not just as Muslims, but anyone, mm. is to structure uh, our approach to health, good health should be that it's a lifestyle change. And then, you know, you going or working out or, or you eating healthy in a way that you feel you're not starving yourself should be the goal. Mm. Uh, it shouldn't feel like a chore. Rather, it should be something that you look forward to. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, there's various ways to get around it, but that's what I've found has been a sustainable strategy you know and that that's why even uh almost a year and a half into my journey um i i feel like i i could keep going and i'm i'm the kind of guy who gets bored really easily right in in a couple of weeks i get bored off anything that i'm working on Mm. this no nothing like that mashallah let's imagine 100 years from now Mm -hmm. but what is the legacy that you want to leave behind uh Hundred years from now, <laughs> brother, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing later tonight. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Hundred uh, years from now, I, I think I'll I'll answer your question uh, the way I would answer if anyone asked me about greatness, right? Uh, you know, Lewis House. Yeah. He has uh, he runs his podcast, the School of Greatness podcast. Yes. That's really good um, podcast. And it's a very good podcast. And if you've listened to it, you'll know that at the end of the episode, he asks uh, his guests about the definition of greatness. Yeah. Right. So to me, greatness and therefore what I want myself to be seen as in 100 years is someone uh, who impacted a lot of lives. That I feel is a real ROI. I, I believe that's the real capital that we need to, be, that we need to look forward to. If from my content that I'm posting online, if I don't earn a single penny, alhamdulillah, I don't, I don't bother about that because I don't depend on that to uh, uh, earn a living. Mm. But if even one person amongst all the Muslims around the world find my content useful, they apply on it and they start, you know, start on that journey uh, to good health, alhamdulillah, mission accomplished. And I've had many people direct message me about that on Facebook and Instagram from people that I could never imagine in a million years would even tell me something like that. Uh, they've messaged me, uh, thanking me for uh, inspiring them to become uh, more serious about their health. Because one thing that I see is that people 
who were always in good health, you know, let's say they were pretty athletic growing up, right? When they become older, it doesn't become as much of a priority for them. I've noticed that it's a trend. I don't know why, but I, th- I think maybe because they have never seen the other side where what it's like to live as an obese individual. So how can they appreciate something that they've not experienced themselves? Right. So I think that's really what the issue is. Um, uh, but for myself, because I've been on that other end, I never really want to go back. So once you've hit rock bottom, right, you will do everything in your power to make sure that you never come back to it. Mm. So that's like one of the things that motivates me to keep going. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's with legacy, man. Uh, I just want to leave a legacy of having helped out and impacted as many lives, both Muslim and non-Muslim. I'm not specific on that, even though I say that I'm targeting Muslim men within a certain age. But it's only because I want to target people who are like me as I used to be, right? I want them to get to where I'm now or even go much farther than I am. So yeah, that's uh, that's really how I want people to think of me five years from now, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, whenever. Mm, I want to say that you have touched my life too. I can relate to your journey, even though I've been being active from, from, from teenagers. I've been always playing football, mm-hmm. always going to the gym. But now on my 30s, I feel like sometimes I kind of lack of motivation. And when I come across your Instagram page, you give me that motivational boost that I need w- once a while, you know. Jazakallah, bro. And, and that, that, that's really what I was talking about, where because you're always healthy growing up, you can't appreciate what it's like to, you know, be in the position of someone who's grown up as an obese individual, right? Because how, how can you appreciate something until it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things that I've noticed among uh, healthier individuals. Also, another thing, it's just because someone looks healthy does not necessarily mean they're healthy. Tell them to get yeah. their blood work done. And because <laughs> uh, many of my father's friends, right, and this is very surprising, even though my father is obese, but from a blood work perspective, he is actually healthier than many of his skinny individual friends. He actually got diabetes much later on in life mm. than when some of his friends did. So uh, just because someone is skinny does not mean uh, that they don't have any internal health problems. And that's where nutrition comes into play, which is another very e- extremely important aspect of uh, health. In fact, I'd say it's more important than exercise. Exercise is more so to establish you know, a habit, a good habit, right? But mm-hmm. uh, people also need to focus on good nutrition as well. But, uh, you know, again, uh, best advice that I can impart is look out. There's many, uh, I can take a few names, but I won't mm-hmm. because I don't want to be partial to anyone. Yeah. But there are many good, qualified, incredible Muslim personal trainers that you can go talk to either in person, if you live close to them, or you can even uh, look for them online. And I know that many of these folks actually have online clients as well. So, you know, yeah. give business to uh, those Muslims who are in the health and fitness space, who are actively, uh, who, are, who are there for you, right? Who are there to guide you along your journey. Search for these people and give them uh, your business at the same time, receiving value in turn that will last you a lifetime. Where people can find you and connect with you. The best way to connect with me is on Instagram, the fit Muslim, all one word. That's my uh, username. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at the fit Muslim and I'm also on Facebook, but uh, the best way to find me is on Instagram. I pretty much live 24 seven on Instagram. So uh, you need anything from me, uh, feel free to reach out. I don't charge anything 
for uh, you know the content is free uh, feel free to ask me any question uh, even if i'm not qualified to answer i always will direct you to uh, a qualified professional but you know if uh, not just questions but also if you just need to talk to someone feel free to reach out to me um, i have friends that you know are currently undergoing depression and uh, mm. i try my best to be there for them it's just you know i just say you know i'm always here if you need to talk and that's really mental illness is also something that as um, i feel a huge problem within the muslim community so mm. i haven't necessarily talked about this or tackled this but um, if you are if you if you are at a low point in your life feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you know, I'm always there to help you out in any way I can, inshallah. That's awesome. Shazakallah khair. Um, once again, may Allah reward you for all what you do and may Allah bless you with barak. Jazakallah khair. Did you miss the strong movement summit that Brother Norman put together a while ago? It was an amazing summit. Brother Norman invited health experts to talk about health and fitness. And I have a great news for you. You can go and catch the replay for that summit if you missed it. How can you do that? By going on Instagram and following Brother Norman. His brand name is Muslim. Follow him on Instagram and from under his bio you can look for the link to the Strong Movement Summit, inshallah. That's all for today. Signing off with dua for your success. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah.